In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. One day, St. Anthony had a vision in which he saw the whole world covered with snares and nets which Satan had spread out to catch the souls of men. The sight filled him with great surprise and sadness. Oh my God, he exclaimed, praying to our Lord, who can ever help to escape all these snares? For they're everywhere. He heard a voice which answered him, the man who is humble. The vision of St. Anthony paints a clear picture of the necessity of the virtue of humility. It is pride which hinders God's actions within us. What does our Lord ask to learn of him? What we learn, what must learn of him, St. Augustine says, is not that he formed the world, created all things, visible and invisible, that in this world, which is his handiwork, he has wrought miracles and raised the dead to life. No. St. Augustine is right. It is not through these great things that we will learn of God. Certainly, we know these notions through revelation and through the teachings of the church. Yet, what does our Lord actually tell of us or tell us in the gospel? He says, Learn of me, for I am meek and humble of heart. One can consider the virtue of humility as the foundation of the spiritual life and charity its structure. We can build an edifice, how beautiful, how great it can be, but will come crumbling down if the foundation is not properly set. St. Bernard tells us that humility is indeed so a fundamental virtue that without it, all other virtues go to ruin. The virtue of humility has three degrees. First, humility humility towards our superiors. Second, humility towards our equals. And lastly, humility towards our inferiors. We must first exercise the virtue of humility towards our superiors. This form is easiest of all. But nonetheless, our human nature is rebellious and our self-love within us often makes excuses to not follow those who are superior to us. Our Lord in today's Gospel reminds us, when you are invited to a wedding feast, do not recline in the first place, lest perhaps one one more distinguished than you have been invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, make room for this man, and then you begin with shame to take the last place. It is almost natural for us to cede that first place to one who is superior to us. Certainly, it's much more difficult to do with that to someone who is our equal. To react the same way to someone who is inferior to us is the culmination of humility. Though to arrive at such a degree of perfection necessitates exercising humility first to those who are superior to us. If we are first and foremost not humble with God, not humble with those who are above us, then we can never exercise humility to those who are equal, let alone those who are lesser than us. Why is pride so offensive to God? Our Lord always reminds us of the pride. God is the beginning and the end. 
the Alpha and the Omega of all things. He is the first cause of all things. All life comes from Him. All good flows from Him. It is essential to God's sanctity to bring everything back to His glory. Otherwise, God would not be God because He would subordinate to another end than Himself. It is a proud man which attempts to rob God of this glory which He alone merits. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, that we can take credit for. Nothing is truly ours. Everything to us has been given or loaned, better termed. That is why we can take that last position. Because at the end, no one has earned anything. Everyone has been given something. And if you've been given a little more than someone else, well, that can be taken just as quickly as it was given. So how can we exercise this virtue of humility? First and foremost, we must be humble before God. The blessed Dom Marmion says, The humble soul is ready to receive all the gifts of God. First, because it is empty of self. Because it looks to God for all that is necessary to its perfection. And because it it feels itself poor and miserable. By putting ourselves in such a position, we ready ourselves to accept that last place. The humble soul will then be ready to see that it is no better than its equal, or superior, or its lesser. The soul who through God's grace can slowly practice that virtue of humility will be transformed by Him. The greatest proof is that of Our Lady. She says in her canticle, which the church says every evening during the office of Vespers, Because he hath regarded the humility of his handmaid, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. God worked wonders in her because she was humble. His work in her was not at all hindered as a result because his glory shines through her. She didn't, if you will, block any of his work. Whereas on our part, we block God's work. So in today's gospel, those last words which we read, let those resonate more and more in our ears, in our hearts. For everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled, and he who humbles himself shall be exalted. We must remember that humility is a virtue which does not shine exteriorly like all virtues, but even more so with the virtue of humility, only God can measure the virtue of humility within our souls. St. Francis de Sales reminds us of this fact. True humility, writes the saint of charity, does not make a show of itself and hardly speaks in a humble way. Let us strive to grow in this virtue, this fundamental, this foundational virtue of humility. Like all virtues, it will be a gradual process. Nevertheless, we must continue to have this abasement of ourselves, which will make us willing to take that last place. Let us be humble in the eyes of God, because if we are not, we are lying to ourselves and we are lying to Him. Once we are humble before God, then, and only then, we can strive to be humble towards our equals 
and towards our inferiors. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.